Good morning, 738 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Joining us right now, we have Sergeant Brittany Sturgeon in the Public Information Office for the Pensacola Police Department. Mike is out for the week, uh, but Sergeant Sturgeon, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Hey, great to have you. I think this happened since we talked to Mike last week. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the uh, odd traffic stop that wound up going on to Pensacola Christian College that eventually wound up being what? Drugs and airsoft guns or something. What happened here? Correct. So an officer um, simply observed a, you know, a traffic violation of an expired tag. Uh, the officer attempted to stop the vehicle, um, and the vehicle continued to, to slowly travel down the road. And it appears that they just took an opportunity to turn that happened to be first available to them, which was the uh, the, the campus of the of the college. Um, and as they entered the campus, uh, items were started to be dis, you know disregarded out of the vehicle, and. Um, they eventually entered the campus and came to a, a dead end where officers were able to take them into custody. Yeah, I imagine that your officers, when they turned into PCC, are like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> like, this is going to oh, be yeah. over real yeah. soon. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it ended up working out good. Uh, of course, it created a big concern, um, yeah. but it was contained and, uh, you know, it ended up very successful. And, of course, I mean, PCC has pretty hefty internal controls, but that, there's no gate, I guess, to get in. So my wife was asking me, that, how'd they turn in? They're like, well, you know, they have a guard shack, but they don't have a – I don't think they have a gate unless I'm mistaken about that. So uh, I can see that. Uh, we also had uh, this video that you all put up of um, uh, a local grocery store, you called it. It was a Walmart, it looks like. I mean, it's pretty obvious with the cameras and the structure and everything else. But um, you had this couple that – actively go to distract this elder woman and get into her purse to steal her stuff. It's this crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty low. Um, you know, when you, you victimize somebody who's very vulnerable like that, um, we hate to see it. Uh, and a lot of it is, um, you know, the vulnerable, com- you know, the community that uh, that's vulnerable. Um, and I think a key to that is just staying aware, making it a little more difficult for an individual to be able to access those things, you know, trying to keep your things secure, you know, things zippered, just making a a few extra steps that a criminal would have to take to make what they're trying to accomplish a little more hard. And and, and this was not just a walking by taking advantage of a circumstance. This was actively like the other one was a co-conspirator. She was actively distracting the elderly woman in the freezer section, right? I mean, this was a this is a a two man operation, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, it was very clear, very clear. And, you know, I, what? What's? I guess I should never be surprised about these things, but, you know, I'm like, there's a billion cameras in these places, right? And what did they think, that this wouldn't get out or whatever? But what, what a horrible thing for that woman to go through. It's a reminder, as we've talked about before, that you keep your possessions in, you know, five feet. You know, it doesn't take, doesn't, it's pretty quick how things can happen if you're not paying attention, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, the, the crime doesn't usually stop there because once you're a victim of that theft, um, oftentimes uh, with the world's technology now, the crime continues. Your your funds are utilized via credit cards in multiple places, and it just creates a huge, you know, chain of events that make it very difficult for the victim. But again, that also creates a paper trail. And I would say to criminals, the, you know, um, the more that they engage in these crimes, the more evidence we have to find them. So, um, but it is, it is, you know, just that all around uh, that vulnerable, you know, community members like that are being targeted. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the other things that you guys announced uh, this week is you had uh, 11 people arrested on a multi-agency internet predator sting operation, right? Right. Yeah, and obviously we can't get into the tactics of how we handle those operations, but um, I do know that speaking on behalf of our police department and our chief, as, as long as adults are preying on children, you can guarantee that we're going to continue to do these operations and catch these individuals. And, and this is uh, there, there's actually something that came out of this that I, I hadn't been aware of. Uh, you were telling me we were talking right before you came on the air that uh, there's a new initiative out there relating to pornographic images for children, right? Right. So the uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has has launched um, it officially launched at the very end of December uh, 2022. But it's a, a new tool for survivors of online child sexual abuse. Uh, so it's a platform called Take It Down, uh, and it allows users from around the world to submit a case uh, to help remove nude or partially nude or, you know, sexually explicit photos and videos uh, depicting a child. Um, so it removes, you know, from the surfaces and, um, you know, of any sort of uh, Internet site. Uh, but we do have, um, there are participating, you know, service providers uh, such as, I believe, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I think OnlyFans, Yubo, and MindGeek, there's several that are already uh, participating in this. And uh, since the initial launch, there's been 200 cases already submitted, and they're, you know, successfully removing these images for as a public service. Uh, so it's definitely something to look into. Again, it's called Take It Down. So it's something the community or, you know, a family in need, you know, are trying to figure out ways to help get things off of the Internet. Because that can be very difficult. Um, yeah, it's just a resource for for the public. No, I think that's fantastic because you know I can only imagine what a parent who discovers that their child has been exploited somehow and that photo is out, right? And how on earth do you, as an individual, go about? getting that removed from all the places that it could possibly show up. Well, here you have the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children that has power, clout, organization, national reach. And if they can be the ones to go to these Internet companies or Internet operations and and take it down on your behalf or get them, that's fantastic. I mean, that is an outstanding use of an existing resource to improve, uh, you know, in, you know, getting rid of this stuff on the Internet. That's wonderful news. Uh, we're talking to uh, Sergeant Brittany Sturgeon with PPD. Uh, Brittany, hang on for just a second. Let's get Canyon here with Traffic on the Five. Okay, launching a, a few slowdowns, I guess I would say. Woodbine, of course, backed up almost to Guernsey. That's north of Highway 90. Glover is uh, backed up north of Hamilton Bridge Road. Just a little slow. I'm not showing accidents at these places, but just slow and slow on 98 between Dog Track and Bower. It is single lane traffic on Lillian again. This time they're working on the road between Blue Angel and 98. So uh, get ready for a great view, but a slow drive if you're going to maybe avoid that area if you can. Again, that's Lillian between Blue Angel and 98. 437-1620 if you have traffic tips, news radio, 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to uh, Sergeant Brittany Sturgeon. Um, we've had a couple more like hit and run. One was a pedestrian, I think. One was a motorcycle. You know, this happens fairly routinely. Can you maybe just remind people of what they are obligated under the law to do if they do find themselves in a collision with a pedestrian bicyclist or even another vehicle? Absolutely. So one way to look at this is civil versus criminal. Okay. So when there a traffic accident occurs, most of the time that's a civil issue. So once you leave that scene without properly, um, you know, stopping or providing your information as statute bound, then it becomes criminal. So, 
Uh, I would remind drivers to remember that, um, you know, it's a lot, it'd be much better to be in a civil issue versus a criminal issue. So, um, again, you must stop. You must provide your information. There's no requirement that, uh, you know, you must notify law enforcement and have a report done, but there must be a civil exchange of information upon all parties involved. Um, and if you do not, that's when it becomes criminal. So it's just, you know, a simple gesture of stopping that makes this a much different scenario. And, and certainly if you see somebody is injured and sometimes badly injured, uh, I mean, you have to help call, you know, the police. Especially, I mean, if somebody's injured, you got to call, right? You have to call at that point uh, to take care of them because leaving them in, in need is a problem too, right? Absolutely. And that makes it an even serious more serious offense. Um, that's an enhancement to our hit and run statute. So, you know, then you're just creating and stacking, um, you know, more, you know, burden and criminal issues on yourself and others. And it, you know, it's just a problem that could be solved right away versus one that just becomes, you know, a lot larger. Absolutely. Uh, last thing we always like to do uh, with uh, PPD is we always like to ask a, you know, cop myth kind of question. So my, you know, I've seen it in the movies. Is it true in real life? Um, in the movies, you see cops in a car on a stakeout for hours and hours and hours uh, doing anything they can to pass the time while they watch for somebody to go in or out of a house or, you know, whatever they're doing the stakeout for. Is that true? And a two-parter, is it true that you munch on all kinds of food during the stakeouts? Snacks are essential. So that is, <laughs> that's actually true. Statement there. Yeah. Now, I how, will say. How do you stay fit? Do, anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the amount of snacks you have to be careful with because as, as you eat and drink and hydrate up, you know, you, you have to use the restroom. And if you're, if you have a duty to be on something for a while, you know, you, you've got to be careful of how much you're intaking. <laughs> drink but, wisely um, on the stakeout. Agreed. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, there are there are stakeouts. Now, um, you know, I think that obviously Hollywood puts a different type of, uh, you know, perception on it. Um, we often have to, you know, swap out. You're not there as quite, you know, as long as maybe it's depicted. Um, but yes, they absolutely can be hours long. It can be it can be uh, a long, a long time considering. Well, as I've sometimes mentioned to people, it struck me when I did my ride-alongs that the the activity of policing is hours and hours of boredom punctuated by momentary, oh, God knows what's going to happen in this moment. <laughs> but it's the hours and hours of boredom uh, that can get to you. Uh, Brittany Surgeon, Sergeant Brittany Surgeon with the Public Information Office uh, at PPD. Uh, Brittany, thanks so much for the time this morning. I appreciate it and appreciate what you do for the community. Thank you. I appreciate you. Take care. You bet. Seven. 